Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. I'm your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. Farming and agricultural communities are hard hit by suicides, and it is difficult to figure out why and how to help. Today, Dr. Julie Sorrell is here to talk about topics related to suicide in farming and agricultural communities. Dr. Sorrell is a professor in the University of Kentucky College of Social Work and director of the Suicide Prevention and Exposure Lab. She is an international expert on suicide exposure and bereavement and has recently served as president of the American Association of Suicidology. Her work has been funded by the Military Suicide Research Consortium, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Initiative. Also joining us in the conversation is Dr. Carrie Ashurst, Senior Extension Specialist for Family and Relationship Development. Welcome to you both. Hello. So let's get started. Of course, suicide is a topic that is concerning for everyone, but why is it particularly so for farmers? I think we've only just begun to realize the impact that suicide has on farmers and farming communities. It's something that's being talked about a lot more, and national farming and agricultural organizations are paying a lot more attention to the issue because we are concerned about losing our farmers to suicide. What do we know about suicide in farmers that might be different from suicide in the general population? We just published a study looking at all the suicides that were in the National Violent Data Recording System, the National Violent Death from 2003 to 2016 up to 20 states across the U.S. at that point. Now National Violent Death Reporting System is up to all the states, so every state has it. But what we found in that period of time is that the 2,800 farmer suicides compared to over 138,000 other non-farmer suicides is that farmers were different in a number of important ways. Farmers who died by suicide were more likely to be men They were more likely to be older, and the method of the suicide was more likely to be a firearm, especially long-arm weapons, than other people that died by suicide that weren't farmers. Also, we found that farmers were less likely to have a history of mental health treatment and less likely to leave a suicide note. So it was harder for people to know that they were struggling and having having thoughts of suicide, and for maybe for people in their communities or in their families, it was harder to intervene because they didn't know it had gotten that bad. Uh, We can look at these uh, suicides and recognize that they're happening in, in farming communities across the country, and lots of times we're just not talking about it, maybe. Well, as your listeners know, um, better than I do, probably, farming is really hard. And people have to go out there and do their work on the farm when they're not feeling well, when there's been a flood, when there's been an early freeze or a late freeze. And those kinds of stressors really can add up 
to people, especially farmers who are aging. We know that the farming population is aging and it becomes really difficult to continue to carry on every single day when things are going against you. And so I think for farmers, especially men who aren't used to talking about their feelings, it becomes really difficult when they think that things aren't going to get better. They think that they're hopeless or that they're a burden on the people around them. So it's really important that we kind of just acknowledge that it's happening. I I mean, I know for myself, um, just getting older sometimes feels like a big burden. And so if we're getting older and then also having all of these other exacerbating buildups of, of challenges at work that farmers are experiencing then that exactly especially when farming for so many people is such a physical occupation and really involves them having to work really hard yes both the physical aspects and the identity aspects as well that I think can be a, a really big part of of it you know feeling like it is your 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 identity and your livelihood and then feeling like there's no control over so many of the different things, the elements that are affecting you, like Dr. Sorrell said, the, the flooding, the early freeze, late freeze, those kind of things that can, in a, a heartbeat, change everything for you. Your heart just goes out to them. So what can we do to help prevent farmer suicide? I think one of the things that anyone can do is if there's somebody that you're concerned about in your community, talk to them, reach out and say, hey, you're not you're not really yourself. And I'm really worried you might be thinking about suicide. People are really concerned about using that word suicide or thinking about or saying things like ending your life or or things like that. But there's no evidence that saying suicide is going to put the idea into someone's head. And in fact, if somebody is feeling so hopeless that they are thinking about suicide, for many people, it's actually a relief that someone recognizes that suicide might be an option for them. I know that we have lots of resources in Cooperative Extension that can help either to talk about the suicide with the farmers or that um, might be resources for the farmers. Carrie, can you talk about that just a little bit about what we might have available? Sure. We've got some information releases and we've also been doing a round of mental health first aid training, as many of you know, that uh, have participated in that along the way. Um, Some really good information to help you with some of the aspects about talking about suicide, such as non-judgmental listening and um, being able to be a resource person in many ways, you know, finding out what some of those groups are in your communities that you can help get people to. Along that note, too, you know, being able to know who who the resources are that, that are out there that you can connect people with in general, not only just in your community. And so, for example, if you know someone is having an emergency or someone tells you that they are feeling suicidal, One thing that's very, very good to have in your phone and have ready as an extension agent or an extension employee is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And that phone number is 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K, which is 8255. And then there is also a new chat line that is available for those who maybe don't feel comfortable talking on a phone to someone. And that is 741-741. That's the crisis text line. 
And, uh, you know, being able to have those numbers just right there handy in your phone for someone that you might be talking with can be really important. And then just uh, as we've said on here, some really important things, um, knowing that talking to someone or asking them about suicide is not planting the idea in someone's head that if anything, it often will help someone to feel relief and reduce the risk of a suicide attempt. And um, knowing that um, we we are able to be there as the people that someone can come and talk to. You know, we can be resource people, but we can also be the non-judgmental listeners. And sometimes that can be a very important piece. We often wonder what are the signs to look for, right? But we uh, we uh, we try not to talk about it in that in that way because of some of what even Dr. Searle said before about you know there may not be any signs. And so I know that's hard because we sometimes want to try to look for those things or know those things are out there, but oftentimes they may not be. So, And the things that are kind of the biggest predictors of suicide or the things that are related to suicide are kind of the things that put farmers at most risk. So being male, being older, having access to lethal means like guns. So if you if you look at that and you look at lists of warning signs, like every single older farmer would be on that. And we know that not every single older male farmer is at risk. So that's why I tend to veer away from lists of warning signs, because it really gets us away from the individual factors that might sure. that someone's really struggling. Yes, very good points indeed. And one last thing, too, back to the um, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline or the Crisis Text Line. One thing that I think is a great idea to do is just to call that line, for example, and tell them that you're not having a crisis situation yourself, but that you want to walk through it. You want to get a feel for how it happens, what the procedures are, what the wait times are that you might be on hold for, and even who they might connect you to because they'll attempt to connect you to someone that's as local as they possibly can. Learning what those organizations are that they're connecting you to can help too, because then as extension employees, we can go to those different entities and connect with them, network with them. And you can call those numbers or text crisis text line if you're concerned about someone and don't know what to say or how to get them to help. It's not just for people who are at risk themselves. I think that this has been great information that we will definitely be able to share with our listeners. Um, And I want to mention that we will put the uh, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline phone number in the show notes, as well as the crisis text line in, in the show notes so that people can access that if they weren't able to catch it as they were listening but I thank you both for the time that you've given us to, to talk about this very important topic because so many people are affected, of course, by, by suicide in their families and in their communities. And so having a resource such as this to, to go back to and to listen to um, will benefit everyone. Thanks so much. Thank you. And to our listeners, I hope that you have learned something today. And if you are listening to us for the first time, you have tuned in to Talking Facts and we are available on all major podcast providers. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu.
visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local Extension agent for Family and Consumer Sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.